Again, today, uh, <clears throat> it's been a year since, um, since things started shutting down and, and our lives began to change and um, what um, we thought may last a few weeks has lasted a lot longer. Um, I just pray that, um, that we continue um, to see the numbers go down and, and, and see more gatherings like this in, in a safe way. That, um, that again, uh, I, I'm thankful, again, just to be here and, and have everyone here and have everyone here and healthy. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Um, but sometimes um, things don't go like we planned. Um, I, I know that for a fact. Uh, I say sometimes, usually for me, um, um, I, the, the first plan don't always work and we have to adjust. But the thing about it is, we still have a mission, we still have a job to do. Um, sometimes uh, things get thrown at us, obstacles get thrown at us that make uh, life a little more difficult. I experienced them when I was in the business world. I've experienced them in the classroom where you may have the perfect lesson plan and, and be ready to go, and then um, something happens. <laughs> and that could be many factors, but again, you still have that same lesson to teach. In the same way, uh, my mission here as your pastor has not changed in the last year. My mission in the last year has remained the same. Now, the way we've had to do things has changed greatly. Um, again, looking back, and some of the things now that almost look normal, we would have never thought of a year ago. Some of the ways that I have seen people reach out and help people in need in ways that we would have never thought about a year ago. The ways that the gospel is being presented to people who may or may not have ever heard the gospel or may, or may not have ever gone to church. I've seen churches continue to reach out to spread the good news. Um, it has not been the way I wanted. But again, it's made me grow as a pastor and as a teacher, because, my, again, my mission has not changed. And as a church, our mission's still the same. As a church, our mission hasn't changed one bit. We have a certain job that we're supposed to do. And in 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 1, verses 1 through 9, Paul begins his letter to the Corinthians because I think they may have experienced some sort of crisis. Maybe they forgot the mission of the church. But he writes this. He writes, Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the church in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my, thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, 
with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you'll be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful church, Lord. Just thank you for this church. Thank you for this community. Thank you um, for your word, Lord. This morning, I just pray that, um, that your words flow through me, Lord, that the folks here and the folks listening uh, online receive the message that you intend for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, things look quite a bit different today than they did one year ago. The way we do things, the way we go to the grocery store, the way we go to the doctor, the way we do everything in our lives, the way we teach at school, the way we do anything has changed. Nothing seems to be the same. I know you all have noticed that. I know you've noticed it. There's no way you can't notice that that things are different. I'm here to tell you after a year that, that God is still in control. He still knows what's going on. None of this has caught him by surprise. None of it's caught him by surprise. He's in control, and he still has us for us a mission to accomplish. But churches as a whole, the last several years, have not been real healthy. I don't know how many of you noticed that, but in the last 50 years or so, churches in the United States have declined. Um, including our denomination, but every denomination has seen a steady decline. And there's plenty of theories that try to explain this. Churches are spending a whole lot of money trying to figure it out. You see, I can't explain why it's happening either, but I have some opinions. I have some opinions, but the thing about it is when you want to solve big problems, usually money and opinions don't solve them very well. It takes something more. This problem, I think, is more of a spiritual problem than it is a physical problem. And the only way to solve spiritual problems is through spiritual solutions. The only way we can get the church back to what God intends the church to be, to carry out the mission of God, is for us to have a spiritual transformation. Nothing we think of, nothing physical can fix this problem. It has to be done through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Again, spiritual problems can't be fixed by opinions and money, but only by spiritual solutions. You see, I think some of the problems that we're experiencing today are similar to what the church of Corinth was experiencing when Paul wrote this letter. See, sometimes as Christians, I think we forget what it means to be the church. Today, I hope to remind us uh, what it truly means to be the church. And I want to start 
by reviewing the mission of the United Methodist Church as a whole. As a denomination, we have a mission. The mission of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The mission of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's what we're here for. That's why we exist. But first, we need to figure out a couple things. The first one is, what is the church? When we say the word church, what is it? You see, church is the translation of a Greek word, ecclesia. And it's used in the New Testament to identify the community of believers in Jesus Christ. It literally means an assembly or a congregation or a meeting of folks who believe Jesus Christ is the Savior. Matthew 16 says, Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Again, the church is a community of believers, a community of people who have beliefs, the beliefs that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And we're all disciples. We should be disciples. Everyone in this building should be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You see, a disciple is someone who worships the Father in truth and spirit. A disciple is someone whose main purpose is to be more like Christ. If we're a disciple of Jesus Christ, every day of our life, our number one goal should be to be more like Him. A disciple means to be a servant. Mark 10, 45 explains that Christ came to serve. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give His life a ransom for many. In other words, we came here to serve other people. Christ came to serve, and we're also called to serve. To be more like Christ, we need to serve people. A disciple is also a witness. Romans 10, 14 through 17 says, But how are they to call on the one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. But not all have obeyed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has, belie who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes from the word of Christ. So we're called to be a witness for Christ. We're called to serve. We're called to be a witness for Christ. We're called to tell people where our blessings come from. We're called to tell people where our hope comes from. We're called to deliver the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ in everything we do. To be more like Him, that's what we're called to do. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we are called to tell people about Him. So a disciple is someone who worships in truth and spirit, it's someone who strives to be more like Christ by serving others and someone who witnesses the good news of Jesus Christ by proclaiming His Word. That's what a disciple is. As a church, we should be a group of disciples carrying out these things. But what is transformation? If we're a disciple, we should have had a transformation. We should be different than we were before we were Christians. We should be different than we were before we were disciples of Jesus Christ. The word transformation, according to... To Webster means a, com a complete change in someone or something's appearance. Then Romans 2.2 2 tells us that 
It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. To be able to transform the world, we must first be transformed. And we must know what our mission of our church is. We must know what the mission, what it means to be a disciple in order to carry out this mission. And we need to carry it out to the whole world. Sometimes we get confused about who our neighbor is, who the world is. The world is everybody. Not just the ones that look like us, not just the ones who act like us, but the world is everybody. We're, to, we're called to, cre- to, to, to carry the good news to everybody so through Christ they can be transformed. Again, the world is the earth and all its inhabitants. Basically, the world includes everybody, all people, both the church and the unchurched. You see, again, I think the church of Corinth had forgotten what it truly meant to be the church. Paul wrote this letter to remind them who they were and the mission by they were supposed to be carrying out. In verse 2, Paul reminds them when he says that they are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with those everywhere who call on the name of Christ the Lord. Sanctified. Sometimes we get confused on sanctified. Sanctified has a couple meanings. It means to be holy. We're in the process of being sanctified right now, but it also means to be set apart, to be called out. And not just pastors. I know pastors are set apart. I know pastors are called out. But as Christians, as disciples, we're set apart. We're different than the rest of the world. And our job is to carry that message to the rest of the world, so through Jesus they can be transformed. He tells them that he's thankful to God for the grace that has been given them through Jesus Christ. He reminds them that they have been enriched by him in all that they need, with all kinds of speech and knowledge. He told them that they did not lack any spiritual gift as they waited for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He also promised them to God would be would keep them firm until the end so that they will be blameless on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he would promise them that God would keep them firm to the very end. Paul also tells them that God is faithful. Who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord? Who's called us into fellowship? God himself has called us into fellowship. We're here because of God. We're not here by some chance or some circumstances that just placed us here We're here because God wants us to be here. God is here with us. And when you look at those things that Paul was writing, that's what it means to be the church. You see, the mission of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The church as a whole, the church, our local church, Chestnut Hill United Methodist Church, our personal mission should be to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And I ask a couple of questions. Are we the church? As you ponder that question, I want you to think about this because I want to remind you what it means to be the church. And the church is a community of believers, a community of people who, like Peter, have declared that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. To be the church, we have to be in fellowship with his disciples. doesn't mean we're perfect. Through Christ, we've been made perfect through, what he, through his sacrifice, but it does not mean we're perfect. Right? Peter was not perfect. 
Peter was not perfect. And sometimes we knock Peter, but Peter is the foundation the church was built on. Again, we're not called to be perfect. We're called to be disciples. Are we disciples? Are we people who worship in truth and spirit? Are we people who strive to be more like Christ by serving others? Are we people who witness the good news of Jesus Christ by proclaiming His Word? Have we been transformed? Are we transformed? Through Christ, are we transforming others? Our mission is to transform the world. That means all the people of the world. Again, it's not just people that look like us and act like us. Our mission is to transform the world through Jesus Christ. How's Chestnut Hill United Methodist Church carrying out his mission? And, and again, we do some amazing, some amazing ministry. We really do. That we serve some people, but for us to be effective, we need to look at, you know, what else can we do? So how can we carry out that mission? What can we do more than what we're doing right now to carry that mission out? Because we're doing a pretty good job, but we're not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. And to be able to answer this question, how, how Chestnut Hill United Methodist Church is doing, I think we need to look individually how we are accomplishing this personally. You see, all as individuals, as disciples of Christ, we have the same mission. As disciples of Christ, our mission is no different than the mission of the church. So how are we carrying this out? Think about it. Am I being the church? Again, this is a beautiful, beautiful sanctuary. It's a beautiful building. This is a beautiful setting. But this is not the church. When I look in your eyes, that's the church. When I see you all, that's the church. The building's wonderful. I love this building, but the building cannot carry out the mission. Only the folks inside the building can carry out the mission. Are we being the church? Am I being the church? Am I being a disciple? Am I being a disciple? Am I striving every day of my life to be more like Christ? Is my single goal every day to become more like Christ? Is that who I am? Is that who you are? And through Christ, are we transforming others? It's through Christ, am I transforming others? I can't transform anybody on my own. I can go tell stories. I can tell... I'm pretty decent telling stories sometimes. Sometimes I repeat my stories. Uh, and that's okay. You can tell me anytime I do. But I'm pretty decent at telling stories, but those stories have no meaning unless I tell you about Jesus. Unless I tie them into Jesus' saving grace, the stories are just words. I can't transform anybody. But Jesus can if I take him to people. Again, as your pastor... I can't answer all these questions for us. I think it's important that I encourage you and I remind you of the words that Paul wrote to the church of Corinth to remind them who and whose they are. I can tell you right now that you are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be His holy people. Together with all those everywhere who call on the name of Lord Jesus Christ. That's who you are. You're sanctified and you're holy. I am thankful for, 
to God for the grace that has been giving, given you, given us through Jesus Christ. I can tell you that you've been enriched by Him and all that you need with all kind of speech and knowledge. You see, you don't lack anything. You don't lack any spiritual gift as you wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He's provided everything we need. You see, God will keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. He is faithful to who He has called into fellowship with His Son. Again, this message is no different than the message Paul was writing to the church of Corinth. Those words, all I did is change them to make them personal to us. Those are the same words. You see, God hasn't changed. God has not changed. His message has not changed. The way we deliver His message, the way that we are the church is different than it was thousands of years ago, but the message itself, God itself, He has not changed. So our message today, the words that Paul was writing to the church in Corinth are just as relevant to us today as they were to them some 2,000 years ago. You see, that's what it means to be the church. What are we at Chestnut Hill United Methodist Church? And what are we as individuals doing to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world? See, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge all of us this morning, as individuals and as a church, to keep the mission as the sole purpose in all that we do. Whether it's our worship service on Sunday morning, whether it's delivering food to people who need it, whether it's doing any other type of service that we do, the mission is the same. And that's to carry Jesus to other people, to carry Jesus to folks so they can be transformed. Again, I want to ask each of us today, what have we done? What have we done today to make us disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world? And we need to ask that every day. What have we done to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world? And again, you have to put Jesus Christ in there. We can't say what have we done to make disciples for the transformation. We have to have Jesus. Our message has to be the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. See, the mission of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. If you're here today, if you're listening online and you haven't made that decision, if you have not been transformed by His saving grace, this morning's a perfect opportunity to accept that saving grace. Or if you're here this morning and you look at this mission and you think, man, I haven't been doing that. I need to do a better job. I know as I, as I go through it, I need to be doing a better job. I pray that today, something that you've heard, the Holy Spirit has touched you in some way, that you can take these words that I'm delivering And become more like Jesus. To take that message to other people. To serve other people and take the message of Jesus Christ to them. So they can experience that saving grace. What have we done today to be more like Jesus? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again I just come to you to give you thanks Lord. Just uh, thanks for being here. Thank you for sending your Son, Lord, to, uh, to take our sin to the cross and to the grave. 
Lord, thank you for transforming us through his saving grace. Lord, I just pray for each individual here. I pray for Chestnut Hill United Methodist Church, our church as a whole, our universal church. I just pray that you touch everyone, Lord, and, and everyone has that desire to become more like you every day. In Jesus' name, amen.